All right, church family, we are excited to be here. Thank you for joining us in worship. If you're joining in online or here in person, uh, we are excited. What a great uh, Sunday morning uh, in the middle of the summer. Uh, all traditional schools are out of school. Lots of people are traveling, vacationing. Year-round schools are finishing up in about six days, I believe. They have six days left. Teachers, kids are super excited. And I'm looking forward to a great summer. And Kids Blast is just around the corner in July. If you have not registered your kids, uh, church family, if you'll help us out in going ahead and registering now, uh, through our website, you can go online and do it. Uh, if you get our Calvary Weekly, there's links to do that uh, every week. And go ahead and get them registered. And start inviting neighbors and friends, coworkers, uh, people in our community that uh, many times maybe won't uh, come on a Sunday to church. will come out to uh, Kids Blast and get an opportunity to hear the gospel uh, on their level. And what an awesome opportunity to see them come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we are excited about that. told you uh, last night, I posted on our uh, church Facebook page that we are excited about this morning. And really a special treat that we have uh, as a church. We talk about missions uh, on an ongoing basis as Christ has given us the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. That begins right here in our city and right here in our home uh, and right where we live. And that command uh, does not stop there. It continues on around our state, around the United States of America, and ultimately around the world. And uh, today we have a special treat, and uh, I just I found out just yesterday about the Ernie and Gail Mills. Uh, they are the directors of the Durham Rescue Mission uh, right here in Durham, uh, in our community. And uh, they're uh, here this morning. Let's ask them to stand, if you guys would stand, and welcome to our worship service this morning. <clears throat> Brother Ernie, it is so good to see you. You're welcome to have a seat if you'd like to. Uh, we are thrilled and delighted to have you. I'm going to give you this mic. Uh, Ernie, if you would just give us a brief word of update, kind of what God is doing at the mission, some amazing things that have happened here recently, and some things that are coming up in the, and throughout the rest of this calendar year. We want to hear what's going on at the Durham Rescue Mission. They're, they are our hometown heroes. If you think about uh, heroes, uh, Ernie and Gail have been leading the mission. When, when was it founded? Uh, 1974. 19, well... I am 46 years old, so I know it's exactly. <laughs> born in 1974. So uh, share with us a little bit what, what God is doing and some opportunities that we have there. This has been a real testing and a trying year, but a very blessed year also, uh, you know, with the COVID there. Uh, I got good news. We had a hun 186 to make professions of faith in Jesus Christ this year. Amen. Praise God. See, when, when they come to the rescue mission, they feel like there's no hope for them. They've tried everything, and we tell them there's hope in Jesus. Isn't it? Hope in Jesus. Amen. And then they feel like nobody loves them, and we tell them Jesus loves them. And they are so open to the gospel and to receive Christ, and it's been a real blessing to us. Another a blessing also, I, I, you know, this church right here, Calvary, has been supporting the rescue mission from your inception. Uh, even when you were founded there, you've been supporting us faithfully all those years, and, and the mission's been growing and growing, and, and a lot of it is because of churches like you and people that uh, pray for us there at the rescue mission. Uh, we, we've got one friend, uh, John Davis, uh, from Hillsborough, got addicted as a teenager, 
trying, he was trying drugs, and then he, then he uh, uh, thought he could make more money by selling drugs also, hmm. and got addicted in jail several times in prison. Uh, but when he got out, he came to the rescue mission, turned his life around, got saved. Now God's called him to preach. He's in Bible college. Amen. And this spring, or when is he getting married? In October, he's getting married, and his, his bride is from Crown College in Knoxville up there. Wow. And so God is blessing, and, and God is saving there. And then another unusual blessing this year, we have never, never, never had this in the whole history of the mission. My son, Ernie Jr., uh, has a friend. He has a friend. We're trying to build a building with 66 new beds uh, because of the... Uh, all of the extra drugs coming across the border. We've seen an increase in drug addiction. We know that's going to lead to homeless down the road. And we're, we want to be prepared for that when that comes. So we want to add six, six new beds. Ernie Jr.'s friend has agreed to give the mission a matching gift. You know how much it is? One million dollars. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise we the have Lord. never, never... Have we ever had anything close to that? But the building is going to cost about $3.8 million. So if we can match that, then we'll be, we'll be halfway there. Isn't God good? Amen. And so uh, go online, DermRescueMission.org, DermRescueMission.org, and you'll see the give now. And, and, and designate it. Now, you've got to designate it uh, for the new dorm or the 66 new beds. And uh, it'll be matched. Uh, whatever you give will be matched. David, I just say praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's through December 31st of this year. Through the December 31st. But don't wait to December 31st. Today is the day to do it. So in the middle of a pandemic, God is still radically changing lives. And, uh, and, and people are stepping up and being a part of the solution. You know, what are, some of the things that we see... Uh, when you see the drug addiction, those, are, those don't often make the news. Those are the things that you see when you drive different parts of town and you see people whose lives have been ruined. And then all of a sudden, you see people like you and uh, Gail who have stepped up and are meeting a real need in our community. And we're excited just to partner with you. And I remember in the years ago, when I was a student pastor, we would bring the teens up there. And often we did puppet shows and, and share the gospel. And uh, Dad was on the, has been on the board uh, there for about 20 years. And uh, Ernie, we are delighted uh, just to have you this morning. And can we have a word of prayer with you and just oh, pray yes. for God's blessings uh, as, as we go through the summer months uh, it's really a, a, a growing time, I would imagine, for you guys. And then, you know, the winter months are even uh, more challenging with the weather and, and some of those uh, things. So we're excited. How many beds do you have currently at the mission? We're running about 400 right now, 400 men, women, and children wow. sleeping at the mission, three meals a day in a bed at night. Wow. Praise God. 400. How would you like that grocery bill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine what it takes to operate on a daily basis. My wife and I were in one of your uh, thrift stores, I believe in Wake Forest, uh, a few weeks ago. And just the, the music that was playing over the sound system was, was uplifting and spirit-filled. And then I heard a couple of the workers sharing their testimony about how they had come through the mission and with total strangers. And uh, what an awesome opportunity just to be a light in our city and our community. 
And uh, so thank you for that, and we're excited to uh, see how God is going to provide uh, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Let's have a word of prayer. And, uh, and before anything you pray, else? before you pray, I'd like to give a shout-out, though, to Lacey Fry, serving as a board of director for so, so many Amen. years. <clears throat> we appreciate Lacey Fry and his wife. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you for being here. And I, I know for Dad, that's been a huge blessing to just have a little inside view of what's happening. And uh, he's always sharing with me uh, stories of uh, victory in uh, people's lives that are being changed. And it's exciting just to uh, be a part of that. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of just uh, being a part of what you're doing. And God, we're excited this morning to have Ernie and Gail Mills here with us at Calvary, and Lord, just to uh, just have a small portion of what you're doing there in the city of Durham and in the Triangle. God, we, we praise you for their willingness to step outside their comfort zone, and Lord, it began in their own house, and Lord, uh, taking people in off the street and helping them find not just a handout, but a hand up. Uh, to a Savior who can radically transform their lives. Lord, we're excited about seeing what you're doing even in a pandemic year. Uh, God, the lives that have been changed, uh, 180-some people, 187 people that have been saved. And God, uh, just the, the life change and transformation, the, the story of this young man who was addicted to drugs and selling drugs, and now he's uh, preparing to be a pastor and getting ready to get married later this year. God, we ask for your continued blessings upon the ministry there. Lord, pray Pray for uh, the, the uh, matching donation that's been given. God, we pray that you would just provide every single dime of the project that's needed, the $3.8 million. And Lord, use this to encourage people to step up and do our part in helping support the mission there. And Lord, we're excited to see how you're going to uh, raise that money and Lord, uh, reach even more people uh, with the gospel. And uh, Lord, I think that takes them to close to 470 beds uh, at the mission. And uh, Lord, Pray that you would just continue to use them in our city in the coming weeks and months and years to make a huge impact on the kingdom. We'll give you the glory for what you're going to accomplish. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Brother Ernie, love you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. We are excited. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. I'm going to invite another uh, hero in our church. And, uh, you know, over the years... Uh, we are, we've always taken a very active role in missions, not only supporting missions uh, locally and uh, having uh, involvement in uh, helping different ministries that are helping reach people here in our city, but we also do stuff around the country and around the world with the gospel, and we, we take a boots-on-the-ground approach uh, to missions because I believe that you can send money and, and going to their website and supporting good uh, opportunities to reach our community is, is vital, and that's part of that, part of our regular giving and faith promise giving goes to support mission projects around the world. But beyond just giving and beyond just praying for missions is an opportunity to go and share the good news of, of Jesus Christ. And uh, I remember my very first mission trip in 1998. I'm uh, taking myself back a few years. Uh, 1998, I was a young student pastor. Dad took me uh, with him on a mission team to Nicaragua, and they were building a church. I didn't know the first thing about building. In fact, I'd never uh, used a saw. I had vaguely used a hammer just a handful of times, enough just to hit my finger and, uh, you know, to scream a few times like a girl. But uh, I remember just going and seeing what God was doing in the country of Nicaragua. And 
really capture, it changed my heart. Going on a trip like that radically transformed my perspective on what missions is all about. And, and worshiping with them, even though they sing in a different language oftentimes, uh, you felt the, the presence of God and the power of God, and you felt a kindred spirit as you're seeking to reach people with the gospel. And over the years, I've invited you uh, as our church family to get on board with that journey and go and help take the gospel around the world. And, you know, over the years, we have seen people uh, come through our church that have, uh, God has called them into ministry. We have youth pastors who've grown up here. We have pastors that have come through here. We have families just like you that have been attending here. I think of Justin and Bridget Milliken, and uh, they uh, were already saved. They were, uh, got into church here, both worked a, a job in Durham, and I would uh, commute there every day, and then uh, God called them into ministry. He went to this Bible college and is now uh, pastoring a church, and, and we're excited just to see how God is using Ed and Olga Ford, and they're uh, pastoring a church as well, and they came through our church. Over the years, God has uh, allowed us to partner with people that are taking the good news of the gospel. But one of the things that we do in taking those mission teams is we pray that God not only changes your heart towards reaching our city and our community and having a greater vision for reaching the world, but we pray that God will raise up people within our own congregation that he'll call to the foreign mission field on a more permanent basis, and they can make an even greater impact on reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, to this morning, I am super thrilled to announce to you, uh, Miss Melissa Smith grew, has grown up here at Calvary. Melissa, come on up on stage. Let's welcome her uh, to our church stage this morning. Melissa, I first met Melissa, I don't even know, probably three, four years old. Uh, her parents, they, did, they were going to a, a different church at the time, and our churches were at summer camp together. And Melissa, if I'm not mistaken, I, this is going to uh, maybe embarrassing to you or me, either one, but I think we might have met in the pool. Who knows? Uh, we, I think we met. Gra- grab the it's mic. Um, but you can we ask met. Pastor Lacey every time he sees me, he tells me the story, even this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, the, over the years, I remember playing, you would sing, and I would play the piano at camps and things like that. And I think it was around 2000, 2001, uh, God directed your family here to church, and you guys were searching for a, a church home. And uh, it's just exciting that we watched you, we watched you grown up and, and watch you uh, take steps of faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, today, what I've prayed for for literally uh, 20-some years, uh, God is now put into motion, and God has called you to, to Nic- the country of Nicaragua. Uh, and tell us a little bit about kind of your, your background and your story. Uh, but I want, first of all, I just want you to know we are super proud of you and excited to see how God is directing your path. And not only is He directing you, you're stepping out in faith and obedience to God and going as a as a single lady uh, to the country of Nicaragua, and uh, and what an awesome experience it is just to see. We've watched you grow. Uh, Melissa did not. Um, it wasn't one day that she just decided, okay, I think I'll try adventure. You know, I think I'll go do something different. I'm bored with my life. Uh, no, early on, God was working on and tugging on her heart about surrendering to full time missions. 
and uh, you went to college, Appalachian. Oh, I'm going to let you talk about it, but yeah. just share a little bit of your story and how God has brought you to this place. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I got to see you grow up too, okay? Um, you'll see a picture in a minute. I had hair. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I started coming here when I was in, like, first grade. And um, you can see that picture right there when I was in first grade. And there's me and Pastor David singing up there and right here. Teen choir. The teen choir. Look at us. Um, so we got to start coming here in first grade. I just remember the first day I came, we were like trying the church out. And we had already known them for a while, as you said, from the pool at camp. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the old, which is now Kid City, well, teen room, I guess. And... We were in the old sanctuary, and David was playing the piano. And all I remember is the piano was shaking. Like, the, the top of the piano was, like, shaking like crazy. And I was like, Mom was like, how did you like the church? I was like, it was so loud. <laughs> the piano was so loud, but it was cool. And so that was what I remember coming here. And I started with Awanas and going to camp every summer. Probably one of my favorite times of the year was summer camp. And... A lot of, like, my leaders are right here. Hey, what's up? Um, so, yeah, you just got to be involved in the church body. And a lot of you guys know my parents. They're right there. And they were there. Um, so they've worked in the church in different jobs and um, duties throughout those years. And it was really awesome that I, we've had the opportunity to be part of the body of Christ in this church and have like, it really does take a village to raise children and raise a family. And we had the opportunity to be involved with the village of Calvary Baptist Church, which was Calvary Baptist Temple back then. And it really was important. So I, when I come out here today, it, like you said, it's not just one day I was like, oh, Nicaragua sounds so fun. It was years and years and years of people pouring into my life and Pastor David and Pastor Lacey like pouring in. Missions are important. Global missions is important. My parents just sharing that as well. And because of that, here I am sitting on this side of the stage and like getting to say, yeah, I'm going to Nicaragua in 42 days. And awesome. yeah, it's just been, it's been a long journey. I started feeling the call to missions when I was 15 or 13, really, at camp, which is crazy. 13-year-olds normally don't do that, but people are like, missions? Yeah, okay, sure, no. <laughs> they did not believe me, but I really felt the Lord calling me to that. And when I kept going through missions conferences here at Calvary and seeing people come back from Nicaragua where we were mostly ministering at that point, that was my favorite day seeing their weeping faces, like so changed by the gospel, sharing the peop with people. And that really just changed my whole perspective. Yeah. And so when was it that uh, you got the, the first opportunity to go to Nicaragua? Tell us about that. Yeah, so it was 2011, which is the first time I got to go right here on this team. And we had like 20 people on that team. And I remember sitting there just falling in love with the team, falling in love with the culture, even those bugs that were up there biting me. And Omar's like, they're going to bite you, like smacking bugs off of my shoulder. Um, I remember sitting there and like talking with Pastor Omar and him just saying like, here, this is, this is a paper. Okay, papel. 
okay, this is a water bottle, agua, and like just going back and forth in our broken English, broken Spanish. And actually, we got to go to the school that I'm going to be a teacher at that year. And that's the next picture right there is me walking through NCA, looking in, peeking into the windows that I'm going to be a part of now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I remember uh, we were working with Steve and Terry Robinson at the time. Uh, they were uh, missionaries in Nicaragua. They still are missionaries now. They go to multiple countries all around the world, building uh, church buildings, uh, hospitals, uh, different uh, buildings like that. But we were able to serve alongside of uh, Steve and uh, Terry. And Terry was on the board there at Nicaragua Christian Academy. And I remember her telling us the vision of the school. She said, uh, all of these people come down to be missionaries in, in Nicaragua. And she said, they want to make an impact. And she said, they start soup kitchens. They start all of these ministries to reach the poor. But she said, the mission of Nicaragua Christian Academy, she said, is really, it's twofold. She said, we're, we're there to preach the gospel. But she said, the people that are putting their kids in the international school, which is where you'll be teaching, these are the upper echelon of society. She said, these are the doctors, these are the uh, lawyers, these are the politicians, because they'll put them in that school because they teach English. They're teaching English, they're uh, getting a solid uh, education from an accredited school. And so she said, you have an opportunity to reach the movers and shakers in the country of Nicaragua through the school. And she said, then what's going to happen is they go back, they go to college, they come back to their country, and they will be the next president. They'll be the next uh, governor or the next uh, uh, mayor of the cities, and they're the ones that have the opportunity to impact change. So you're going to be on the front lines at NCA uh, and teaching there. So tell us a little bit about what, what you're going to be doing at NCA. Yeah, so at NCA, I'm going to be working with Missionary Ventures, um, which is my mission board. They're going to, they really empowered the body of Christ to equip the local missionaries in the country to do what they need to do to reach their own country. So I'm going to be doing that with Missionary Ventures at NCA, where I'll be teaching English and teaching English second language. So students who understand English, but they need a little extra help for the core curriculum. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit what you've been doing here stateside over these last several years. What have you been doing? Yeah, so I've been practicing Spanish hey, um, <laughs> a lot. Um, I also have had different trips in, the, in between trips of going there. And in 2018, the Lord said, nope, you're not going. And everyone said, but why? You always go. I said, I don't know. God said no. And it was actually a blessing because the country fell with the like the economic climate just got really heated. And so I had to pull out and say, can't go for about two years in 2019. So that two years, I just poured into reading my Bible every day to really understanding who God is, who I serve Serving the local church through small groups, I've had so many small groups I can count them, and just pouring into lives here stateside, and pouring into that guy's life too, Omar, and yeah. him pouring into me, just understanding the culture of Nicaragua, understanding the, just the mission of God and the mission of the body of Christ, and from that. And you've been teaching right yes. here in Wake County Schools? Yes. 
I so have she, been doing that. She's been a music teacher here in Wake County <laughs> and has fulfilled her, uh, I guess, her obligations uh, for her uh, student teaching fellows. Uh, Six um, more days. And so uh, that's, that's all uh, coming to a close here <laughs> yes. in the next few days. And I worked here, too. Yeah, and she worked on staff here as well yeah. at Calvary and uh, in our preschool. And um, so tell us a little bit about, all right, now you're going to be moving down there uh, later in July, later this summer. And tell us what you're doing also with uh, Pastor Fabio and the work there at El Redentor. So this picture is a picture of me working with the Langs, which now are in Nicaragua. And they're actually doing a new ministry, too, with Word of Life. And they're doing English, um, like camps, I guess. Well, English school for college students. And it's an immersion program. So I'm working with them on the side. Like, just like during the other days when I'm not working, I'm working with them. And... They introduced me to Pastor Fabio's church, and I got to work with his church through two different times now, I think. Well, more than that, but two like times directly with Pastor Fabio's church. He has one big church called the Mother Church, and then they have little church plants as well. So in that Mother Church, they have a really big youth program, and in that youth program, I will be working with their girls and their, um, their, they had, they have no girl small group leaders. So I'm going to be working with them to create a small group for women and for the girls in that youth group. And then also Pastor Fabio has such a heart for missions in Nicaragua and, and globally too. And he has five church plants and his goal is for me to work with those different church plants in different workshops for their children's ministries. Mm-hmm and their Sunday schools, and then their worship team as well. How many in here have been to Nicaragua at some point, one of our teams down there? We have a number of people in our church that have been there, and uh, we actually helped build a, uh, an addition on Pastor Fabio's house several years ago. Uh, they had had more kids and needed more space, and so our church uh, helped fund that and build the, that addition to his house. Uh, we've also served at several of the church plants that they have. Uh, we've done vacation Bible schools at several of these churches, and uh, so we are, we're super excited. Pastor Fabio is, uh, they are, they have a com- huge Compassion International ministry as well, where they help feed, uh, clothe, um, they educate, uh, health care yeah. uh, for and these kids. from presents too, like gifts. And they have 300 students right now in that Compa- program, in the Compassion, in compassion program. program at their church. And then also the five church plants, they have little Compassions as well. Yeah. So if you think about the people, when people support through Compassion International, uh, we get to be a part of the uh, on the ground portion of what that looks like, and uh, we're seeing firsthand lives changed by the gospel. Yeah. And it actually of Jesus also Christ. helps the local community too, because they have to hire locals to be the director of that of that hub, and they have to have teachers. So they have around like five or six teachers, and then they have a, like an, admi- an admin. So it really helps the community as well, so they all can work together. And they, So it's not just you're working with the kids and you're supporting children, but you're supporting the local ministries as well. Awesome. So what can we do as a church? Uh, we've talked with Melissa, and we are going to be her sending church and we're excited as a, uh, just a church to be able to launch you out from here. In fact, uh, the end of July, 
we'll have your commissioning service uh, that Sunday. So tell us some ways that we can partner with you and be a part of the mission that you're going to have in Nicaragua. Yeah, so if we go to the last slide on here, um, there's a newsletter that I'm going to be sending out monthly, and it has this tiny URL. You can type it into your phone or take a screenshot of that and do it later. But monthly newsletters are going to be going out, so you'll see what's happening every month. And also there's... At the bottom of my newsletters, there's a um, like a give. Well, we're also going to be doing a um, like an offering right now too with for monthly support because I'm raising like two thousand dollars a month to go there and to be supported fully. And yeah, so just prayers too, honestly, prayers for the because the enemy doesn't want the the gospel to go. He doesn't want the gospel to like to be involved in people's lives he doesn't want that and so the enemy is really he attacks the people who are going after it so just prayers against that and prayers that for strength and for confidence to go and do something different and new uh yeah but yeah so the last year has been a challenging one uh for for churches everywhere and uh, one of the things that I've, i've met with our deacons the other week and we are going to partner with you, and we are uh, committing to supporting you for $600 a month uh, to help her get towards that goal of $2,000 uh, $2, a month. She's already got a number, of, a, a good percentage of that raised, and so we are going to commit to that. Uh, we have not had our regular annual missions uh, weekend that we always have because of COVID and, and not being able to have people in over the last year. And so this morning at the end of the service, uh, we are going to have uh, ushers at our, each of our doors. We're going to take a love offering that's going to go towards that support. And you'll also be able to give online through our uh, church website. There will be a designated link to give uh, towards uh, Melissa's, Melissa to Nicaragua or Mel to Nicaragua um, support. And uh, we, but we are going to uh, take that on as a uh, part of our mission project this year. And uh, we're super excited just to partner with you. And uh, let's have a word of prayer right now. Just as she is finishing up, uh, how many, uh, is the school year officially done for you? How many days do you have left? Six days with students and seven with me. Seven, okay. <laughs> so a total of seven days left. And yeah. we're going to just pray for God as you finish, finish strong in Wake County Public Schools, and we appreciate your service. What an uh, uh, absolutely crazy time to be a teacher, and, uh, but you've been on the front lines. We appreciate uh, your service here to the uh, students in our community, and we're looking forward to partnering with you as you go to NCA International. Thank you. And we're looking forward to seeing, and, and I told her, I said, we will bring teams down to serve alongside of you, and uh, you'll probably get tired of us coming down at some he point. He said, you can be the tour guide. <laughs> you can be the person to tell us where to go. <laughs> I was like, my school might not be in. He's like, we'll figure something out. We'll figure. It. You can be the tour guide. So um, anyway, we're excited about it and looking forward to. It. So let's let's go to Lord in prayer as we pray for Melissa and the mission that God has called her to. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege to come before you this morning with Melissa. Lord, thank you for her faithfulness and Lord the power of the Holy Spirit to call someone. And Lord, we're excited. All of these years of taking mission teams. Uh, around the world and just to see how you have stirred her heart and brought her to this very place. And in about 46 days, she will step on a plane and uh, permanently move to Nicaragua to uh, help reach young people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that you would clear any of the obstacles that Satan is placing in front of her, or that you would anoint her with your uh, power, your strength, with your help. 
God, would you give her the strength that she needs to lead that classroom and lead those students into a relationship with Jesus Christ. God, I pray she would have a fruitful time of ministry. Uh, pray for her as she steps into the student ministry at our Redentor and Pastor Fabio's church. Help her to be an encouragement to those young ladies and the church plants that she'll be serving alongside. God, I pray that you would just use her, encourage the missionaries that she'll be serving alongside. I know Beth and uh, Jason Lang are excited that she's coming down. I know Pastor uh, Omar and uh, Maria Jose are excited that she's going to be coming uh, to their country. God, I pray that you would just continue just to prepare her heart Lord, provide for everything she needs spiritually, physically, emotionally. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just provide for her. And God, we just look forward to what you're going to accomplish in this mission to Nicaragua. Lord, we, we are excited. And thank you for the privilege of being a part of this process. Lord, we love you. And in your name we pray. Amen. Melissa, thank you for being here. Let's give her a hand this morning. <clears throat> I want to share just a, a few words from God's Word uh, this morning, and uh, really uh, looking at the, the theme, here we go. When you think about uh, going as a missionary and sharing the good news of the gospel, uh, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 28, and I'll, uh, it'll be on the screen, you'll be able to see it there, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is a great privilege that we have as God has given us the great commission to take the gospel not only uh, locally in our city, around uh, the Raleigh area, the Triangle, uh, ultimately to uh, North Carolina and the United States, but to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the ends of the earth, to take the good news of the gospel. And missions is at the very heart of God. In fact, the gospel is all about missions. The gospel is all about sharing the good news that Jesus loves us and gave his life on the cross. He loved us so much that God sent his only begotten son. And John 3.16 gives the most beautiful picture of the gospel and how he died on the cross. He was buried and ultimately we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he rose again victoriously on the third day. All of this is huge news. In fact, it means that we don't get what we deserve. In fact, if we accept Christ as our Savior this morning, we don't have to go to hell to pay for our sin. Jesus Christ paid our sin debt in full on the cross of Calvary. Aren't you thankful for that, church? Aren't you thankful that we don't get what we deserve? That's what grace is. It's unmerited favor, and, and His mercy has been extended to each one of us. So each one of us de uh, deserves to go to hell, but God offers us a pardon. He sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. And the gospel, has been said, means good news, but it's only good news if it arrives on time. I can only imagine, uh, Brother Ernie, what you and Miss Gail have seen over the years, because not every person that you try to minister to, you can help. There, there's, 
what happens is sometimes you can, you can have every intention uh, of wanting to help someone in need, but they've got to want there to be a heart change. There's got to be a, a point in their life that they understand, I cannot do this on my own. I need someone to intervene on my behalf. I need a Savior. And so sometimes you want to help someone all you can, and yet that person will not reach out and receive the forgiveness and the pardon that Jesus Christ offers. It's only good if it arrives in time. Sometimes people die and go out into a Christless eternity because they don't know Christ as their Savior, and, and they, they're not willing to give a, uh, give their life to Christ. That's why we must be willing to go. We talk about the gospel. We're commanded to go and make disciples. And it's an exciting day for Calvary Raleigh Church this morning to be sending one of our very own out to the ends of the earth. Because she's been hearing it preached. She's been seeing it lived out in daily life, but now she's taking that uh, another uh, to another degree, to another level, and saying, I feel like God, God wants me to go. I feel like God wants me to go. And Melissa, uh, whenever I had just been married uh, a little over a year, in fact, Savannah was uh, about a month old, uh, and one of the teams I took down there as a student pastor and before I left to go on that trip, I told my wife, I said, I don't know for sure, but I feel like God might be calling me to Nicaragua as a missionary. And uh, so here I am, I have a, a, a wife that I've been married to for just over a year. I have a one-month-old baby girl, and I'm getting ready to board a plane with a whole bunch of teenagers to go to Nicaragua on a mission team. And I said, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like God might be calling me or leading me to Nicaragua. Well, I mean, here she is, uh, brand new at everything, and we'd been married a little over a year. I mean, she was stepped right into uh, being a, a pastor's wife or a youth pastor's wife, and, and I'm like, we might be moving to a, a third world developing nation and uh, raising our brand new baby girl in a foreign country that does not speak English and has big bugs and all of these other things that are going along, have earthquakes and all, uh, political unrest and things of that nature. And I was, I was nervous, I was scared, and I remember every time I'd call home on that trip, uh, my wife would say, well, what do you think? I'd say, I don't know, I'm, I'm praying every day, I'm waiting for God to reveal His plan. And, and Steve, you've heard me tell this before, by the time I got home, I knew that God had not directed me and my family there to Nicaragua. But it was like one of those Abraham and Isaac on the altar moments where God wanted me to place it all on the altar and say, God, I'm willing to go. I know I've just been married for a year. I know I have a, a one-month-old baby girl. But God was saying, are you willing to go if this is my plan for your life? And the moment I said yes, and the moment I said, God, I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go. And if that means Nicaragua, I will pack up my family and learn a language I took two years in high school and didn't remember but about five words. I mean, I'll go if that's what you want me to do. But yet, God, whenever I said yes, God said, no, that's not where I'm going to send you. But I wanted you to be willing to go if that was my plan. And it was that moment of saying yes to God was saying no to all of my desires and wishes. And it's an exciting day for our church. We have been praying and supporting missionaries for years. We've been taking teams around the world uh, for many, many years. And, and Dad was instrumental in that in those early days of the church. 
of challenging people to go. And, and we, we've sent people out from here. It's monumental. And, and Melissa, I want you to know that God has big plans for your life. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Just because you are a single young lady does not mean that God doesn't have grand plans for your life. And what he's going to accomplish through you. And I had lunch with your dad a few months ago. And uh, Keith, you're going to be going to Nicaragua before long. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to go for a number of years. I said, now your daughter is getting ready to move there. And so uh, Christy's been to Nicaragua uh, a couple different times. And I was like, I said, we're going to get Keith on that mission trip to Nicaragua soon. But Listen, I want you to know God has big plans for you. And as a church, we're committing to faithfully praying for you, to faithfully supporting you financially, and to also come alongside of you and to serve and to see God do amazing things. In Acts 1.8 it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I didn't know whenever we were planning this several weeks back, a couple, two or three months back, that uh, we were going to be sharing your story and the testimony of what God is going to do in Nicaragua, that uh, Brother Ernie and, and Miss Gail would be here. But it starts here in the triangle. It starts here in our community, and then it spreads, the gospel spreads, but we're not doing it in our own power. If you think for a second you can go and be a witness in Raleigh on your own, apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, we're sadly mistaken. In fact, it's one of the greatest uh, problems in the church today is trying to do something aside from the power of the Holy Spirit. And that we, uh, Brother Ernie and I were talking, there's a lot of churches that are, are closing their doors after this pandemic, and somewhere along the way have lost focus of the mission of what God has called us to do. If we are seeking to reach our city with the power of the Holy Spirit, it cannot stop there. It has to spread. And all throughout the, the New Testament, the, the church added uh, deacons and, and leadership. And then they went out and, and began to share the good news of the gospel. And they commissioned them. And the, it's just the gospel spread uh, uh, rapidly as the church began to engage with their community. I want to challenge you, church, this morning to pray for missions. Pray all of us can pray. Prayer fuels the mission of God. In fact, the more we pray, the more we experience the power of God in our lives. We have to pray for the mission of the church to go forward in God's power and strength. Otherwise, we're futile in our efforts to make disciples of every nation. Together, we can make a worldwide impact on the nations by praying for the gospel to spread. Pray for NCA International, the mission that God has given them. They have launched multiple other schools that are purely Spanish-speaking. And so uh, Pastor Omar, his children, uh, go, have, go to one of those NCA campuses. Uh, some of our families in our church help support their, their kids to go to school there. And it's an awesome privilege of seeing them getting a, a good quality education and to see how God is using that. So praying for them, we can make a greater impact on the gospel. Pray for Pastor Fabio and El Redentor Church. He is a big guy. In fact, when I'm around Pastor Fabio, I feel like I am like so tiny because, I mean, he is a huge good dude. I mean, tall, uh, robust, 
And I bet God has given him a huge heart for the city of, uh, of Managua and the country of Nicaragua. And when Pastor Fabio gets behind something, I mean, I'm telling you, the power of God's all over that man. I mean, it's just going to grow uh, supernaturally. And, and God is doing a mighty work there. We've partnered with them. Uh, we've, I've preached revivals at his church. We've helped with church plants. We've done all kinds of work. So to know that she's going there, the, the area where his church is in is one of the poorest parts of Managua, the capital. Over a million people in the city of Managua. So that compassion ministry is like gold for that city. The kids that are coming in through the doors of that are hearing the gospel. They're getting into the homes, reaching the parents with the gospel. They're providing food and, and they're providing uh, medical uh, uh, care and all of those things for those kids to help them grow in, the, in their faith uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Pray that the Lord would send forth laborers into his harvest that other people would also get that same vision and God would call other people from our church to go serve alongside of Melissa in Nicaragua. So pray. Also, you can give. An opportunity that we have as a church, not everybody can physically go. My mom, uh, I can promise you, Melissa, one of your most faithful prayer partners will be Miss Charlotte Fry. The last year and a half has been very challenging for her, health-wise. But I can tell you one thing. She has not lost her passion for praying for people and praying for missionaries, praying for those who are taking the gospel. She cannot physically get on a plane and travel to see you in Nicaragua. But I can promise you one thing. She will pray for you every single day that the Holy Spirit of God would empower you, strengthen you, prepare your heart, and prepare the hearts of those that you'll be ministering to. As a church, we're committing to praying for you and, and being a part of that, but we're also committing to giving. And I can promise you uh, that is something all of us can do. Uh, for the price of a, of a Starbucks coffee, $5 will, will make a huge impact in reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of us could do far greater than that, but we're committing to supporting you and giving to be a part of that process. So let me challenge you, don't just you know, take it for granted that people are going and people are taking the gospel. Be a part of the giving process. And, and when, when you give to missions, the Word of God tells us, Christ tells us in His Sermon on the Mount about laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. When you're giving to missions, you're saying, I'm being a part of the mission of God, and it, I can't take it with me, but I can send it on ahead. I can be a part of being uh, uh, making disciples here at home. When you give to the mission... And be do this brand new project of 66, adding 66 beds to the mission. You're helping fuel people who are going to hear those 66 beds over the course of the next 50 years will house literally thousands of people uh, under uh, the sound of the gospel where they're going to get three meals a day. But you're not just giving them a, a helping hand. You're giving them a hand up towards a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so giving is vital to seeing the mission of God and the Great Commission continue to grow. We also can go, all of us have been commanded to go. When he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations in Matthew 28. That's not to those who want to, 
who those who feel a special burden for it, he's called us all to go. Not all of us can physically go, but many of us can. And so I want to encourage you, think about the process. What would God have me to do in the going process? Maybe it's going to uh, Austin Avenue in Durham. And uh, I'll be honest, the first time I went there, I mean, Dad took me up there one night when he was preaching. And it was at nighttime. Austin Avenue takes on a different appeal at, at nighttime than it does in the daytime. I mean, I'm not making fun of it. It's just, it's a different community than what I live in. And so, uh, it was one of those, you know, we, they, we pulled inside the fenced in yard behind the chapel and, you know, there was people out there watching the cars and making sure no one was gonna, was steal from us. And, and we go in and, and go into the chapel and there's a bunch of people I didn't recognize that looked a little bit different than me, and yet I recognize here are people who need to hear the gospel, and someone is taking the gospel to them. So going can be as simple as serving at their back-to-school party in August, or, or going to Thanksgiving or Christmas and their celebrations, and now that the pandemic is, is things are op- reopening, you can start to do more of those projects, and you can go right here in our city and in the triangle and reaching the gospel. But maybe God would have you go be a part of a foreign mission trip. And as things are opening up, and uh, right now, we, I'd love to, I was supposed to be in Nicaragua in two weeks to help ordain Pastor Omar, and uh, American Airlines shut down, the only airline that's currently still flying into Nicaragua shut down all the flights. So it looks like it may be in September. The good thing is, in June, Melissa would not be in Nicaragua, because she hadn't gotten there yet, but in September, she's going to be there. So talking about the divine providence of God, you know, God is opening up doors, and as the airlines are opening back up, as the countries are reopening, we'll be announcing new teams and ministries that will be sharing the gospel. I want to challenge you, if you've never gone, gone on a foreign mission trip, and some of you, I've been talking to you for years. Now you're going to have an, another reason to want to go, because we're going to want to go visit Melissa and see what God is doing in the country of Nicaragua and how he's turning that country upside down. When she talked about wanting to go and then in, in 2018, 2019, God shut that door. The political climate in that country got very toxic for about a year, year and a half. Financially devastated the country. Uh, our missionaries uh, that we support there, all American missionaries had to come home uh, because they, it was not safe for them to stay there because of the unrest. Things have settled down and it is safe now once again to travel there. But, we, but you know what? All that time, God was preparing Melissa. He was working on Melissa. And I want to challenge you this morning. Going is a vital part of the missions process. You can pray and you can give, but something changes when you go. Every person who's been on a foreign mission team comes back and you are a different person. You can't view life the same after that. Steve took his first mission trip to help with hurricane disaster relief from Hurricane Sandy in New York City. That team that came back from New York City said, Pastor David, 
I've seen things I've never seen in my entire life. Well, you're in New York City. (laughs) I mean, they said, I heard more curse words in the first hour we were on the ground in the city of New York than I've heard my entire life put together. I'm like, welcome to New York. I mean, it's it's a different world. You need a passport sometimes to go there or parts of the city. But the reality is, is they're laughing at me because (laughs) Ivan's from New York City. But, you know, as you get the opportunity to go, you will see God do miraculous things in your lives. Church, here we go. It's the time for the church to get behind uh, those who are going and support them financially, support them with their prayers, support them with our presence and helping support. Let's support the mission. Let's pray that God would help them not only reach the goal of that million dollars in matching donation, but exceed it. What could God do if we would just be faithful where he's called us to pray, give, and go? Church, it's time to go. Here we go. Let's pray that God would do some mighty things. Taking the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation is a daunting task. But folks, with the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can accomplish and reach that goal. Heavenly Father, would you do a mighty work in our hearts this morning? Lord, we are privileged to be able to partner with men and women around the globe that have had the call of God on their life to begin ministries like the Durham Rescue Mission all all those years ago, 46 years ago. Lord, we have had the opportunity to have a kind of a, a front seat dashboard view of seeing what you're accomplishing through the Durham Rescue Mission. God, I pray for your continued leading and direction and guidance, God. Would you continue to provide every day for that ministry as they house over 400 people each and every day and feed them three meals a day and care for their soul. Help them get on their feet and help them overcome addiction and learn through the power of the Holy Spirit that they have value and worth and God you've given them a reason to live and there's so much that you want to accomplish through each of their lives God I pray we would continue to hear stories of victory and celebration through the continued outreach of the Durham Rescue Mission be with Ernie and Gail as as they're getting ready to transition in roles at the mission and, and God as you're bringing in other people that are younger that are going to help take some of those reins and, and carrying that forth and reaching the, the triangle with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray for your continued support. God, would you bring in uh, exceeding abundantly and Lord, that all of the funds would come in to be able to construct this new dormitory there on the main campus in Durham. God, would you do a mighty work there? Lord, I pray for Melissa, God, that you would just go before her. Lord, I pray over the coming weeks that she would get the remainder of her support that's needed to impact the country of Nicaragua and the city of Managua with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we, we, we encourage her. May we wrap our arms around her. And may she leave knowing that she's got the faithful prayers and financial support. And that we'll, we're going to come alongside of her and be involved in this process. God, would you encourage her? 
Lord, continue to rekindle that, that fire and that relationship, that calling. And God, may she go forward with your power and anointing as she goes forward from this place. Lord, each one of us, may we be stirred to pray, to give, and to go. And God, we give you the glory for what you're going to accomplish. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.